Styling, styling, profiling, dialing, and smiling while in the sun. The top is down on the black Corvette, and it's fly cause it's sitting on beat. It's time for another Pinball Profile. I'm your host, Jeff Teolis. You can find our group on Facebook. We're also on Twitter at Pinball Profile. Email us, pinballprofile at gmail.com. Please subscribe on your favorite podcatcher and check us out on Instagram at Pinball Profile. It is only a few weeks away, and I am so excited. I missed it last year. Regretted every second of it. Not this year. Going back to Cali. Indisc coming up very, very soon. And to join us today to talk about Indisc, a couple of the tournament directors right now, Jim Belcito and Carl D'Angelo. Hi, guys. How are you? Doing great, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Doing well. Hope you are, too. Everything is great, and everything is always fun when you go to California. It was such a good event last year. You expanded it last year. We're going to get into what's going to happen to kick off 2020, part of the Stern Pro Circuit and also the IFPA Open. And listen to the end of the episode, a chance for you to win an open entry with a trivia question. So we've got a lot on the slate here today, but I'd want to talk about the history of the show. First of all, this has been going on since 2012 in different places and different sizes. It just keeps growing and growing and growing. What was it like back in 2012, Jim? 2012. Well, we started in a, our local Riverside bar where we have our, we've had our pinball league there since, geez, I think the mid nineties, Lake Alice in downtown Riverside. Uh, I think back then Usually just held like four machines. I think we added, I think we brought in like six to uh, make five for the open or five for the main and five for the classics. And I think, I mean, Carl could probably remember, I think we had like 52, 53 people was the first year. So it started there. And then it, every year, next second year, it was at Lake Alice again, uh, grew a little bigger and we kind of outgrew the, outgrew the location. So we said, well, we got to find our spot. So I'm a game operator and I had thought, hi, I have a bowling alley. It has this big banquet room in uh, San Dimas, California, and uh, it was called Chaparral Lane. So the third and fourth year, we moved there, and it grew a little bigger. I think that was twenty. the first year there, Carl, I think it was that was when Papa came. Yes, and yeah. Stream, they were like the first Indus stream, or the, yeah, streaming of Indus. That was that was a great year. I uh, had a good second year there, and then uh, realized we were getting too big of that spot, and so we somehow we got in contact with you. We knew some people through museum of pinball and they were, they wanted to talk to us about it and sat down, had some meetings and said, Hey, we really want you to have it, have it our spot. I think the first year we did there, there was during their show, which was arcade expo. And so we combined with them for arcade expo and grew a little more. We've been there for four years and we've moved from the pinball side to the video game side. And now where we can move a whole bunch of video games out and have a big area for Indisc and also have keep the, uh, pinball side pristine for you know 500 600 pinball machines that you can play on free play which is bigger than most pinball shows i didn't realize you moved out some of the video games for that area the area is huge if you haven't been to indisc before and you're playing in the tournament area which includes the classics includes the women's and includes the main it's a big big area so you actually move out some of the video games from there uh yes every year we seem to move out a few more um we've actually we think we took out two more two or three more rows this year um so we're even we're even bigger than last year um what was it I think we're like over 5,000 square feet this time. Yeah, 5,500 square feet. Yeah, so this is uh, half the video game room got moved. So we can make room for uh, accommodating, which we feel is going to be a lot for you know, the most people we've had joining us for 2020, for sure. I'm not surprised because there are so many different tournaments, including 
one that was added this year. I know last year you added a second day of classics. That's not enough. Obviously, there's some Bob Matthews influence here, but there's a classics match play tournament on Thursday. So you've got a hundred players in that, at least a hundred anyway. Carl, what's going on with the classics match play? Right. So we wanted to add the additional tournament. We had an idea for this. We run a um, target match play event. It's called at uh, Lake Alice every year called Pinball at the Lake. And it's a fun format. It's a, it's kind of a race to see who gets to the, this target value. So it's a standard match play, three, two, one, zero scoring. But once you reach a certain point value, you'd be qualified. So we wanted to figure out how to run a single day match play event, but have it last all day and not have finals. So the idea was we're going to have 100 players, and they play until one player reaches 30 points, I believe it is. And then once that player does, it locks the rest of the standings in, and the tournament is over, so there's no finals. But it just allowed us to add that third day of Classics, where it's it's something a little different than what everyone else has. And then we still kept the Friday Classics and the Saturday Classics, Saturday uh, Classics 1 and 2. So it's not like a flip frenzy where there's a race as far as how many games can I get in. Every round will start at the same time, correct? Correct. So they should be about 30 minutes per round. We've, we budgeted for a maximum of 16 rounds, but we expect the target to be reached before round 16. And whenever that first person gets to 30, that's it. That's where the chips fall. You just kind of finish the round and see where the scoring is. I think that's a neat idea. I'm looking forward to it. It's uh, very exciting. It sold out really quickly too, didn't it? It did, just a few seconds uh, for all 100. We're looking to expand potentially another 20 players. So we may go up to 120. It's all based on not the volume of people. It's based on the ability to get the games. And you'll be using these from the Museum of Pinball, correct? Correct. Again, that's just the one tournament that's been added. You had the Classics 2 added last year, a few years ago, the women's tournament. And last year, the high stakes as well, which is coming back. So how many different tournaments are there? There's just the there's the, the two Classics, the, the Open, high stakes and women's and then the target match play. But uh, this year, we're also combining the high stakes and women's banks, so they're going to be playing on the same games. And then we also have a we have seniors and youth. These are played on the open bank, but we're going to have separate rankings for them. And then at 5.30 on Saturday, we lock those standings in to award the prizes for seniors and youth. No, uh, no finals for those two divisions. What are the ages for youth and for seniors? Seniors is 55, and youth is 12 and under. What if you're born on February 29th? Technically, you're not quite 12. Or you're not quite 55. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> no, that doesn't count. All right, fine, fine. Uh, ID required, apparently, for the youth and seniors. That's fine. Uh, this is going to be amazing. Again, starting all on January 9th at noon at the Museum of Pinball in Banning, California. Jim, with all these tournaments, you have to have a venue that can hold this. And that's one thing about the old Papa facility. They had the games. The number of people just kept growing and growing and actually outgrew the building. And that was a big building. But this venue, and with moving some of the video games, as you mentioned, they can hold it. Is there a number where you go, okay, this is kind of at maximum capacity? At least right now, I don't see that. I mean, we can... Uh, I, I call this uh, John Weeks' compound because it's, it's just multiple buildings all... <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit out in the middle of... Uh, I mean, nowhere in Banning, California, but it's, it's this big compound on multiple buildings. He has other businesses there and other places, but he does have a lot of room. And even that video game building, which, you know, we're, we've only this, this year, we've only removed half the games. So, I mean, if we still think this is going to even keep going, we can, I can see 
you know, either removing more games or, you know, sitting down and chatting with him about, you know, he, he has other buildings, you know, what, what's the best way to look at this? We're far off from maxing out, I see, for sure. Well, the added attraction this year is that it is now considered a major. The IFPA Open is the Open Championship at Indisc. That's very, very special for those people who like Whopper points. Majors give you 1.5 times Whoppers, like the European Championship, like Pinburg, and also the IFPA World Championship for the top 64 players. So these are special tournaments, but the nice thing about this one is anybody can come. Carl, how important and how exciting was it to have this become a major? It's uh, it's very exciting. We received a message from Josh all the way back in uh, January, just after this past year's Indus, with a proposition basically to bring Indus into the fold of majors. He said he always had an idea for an open world championship, uh, and this was the way of, of getting that idea because he always wanted to run it himself. But he's not qualified. He's not qualified. There you go. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's be honest. Like we were just saying with Jim, you just can't put this anywhere. And good on Josh. I know you know with the absence of Papa since Papa twenty in twenty seventeen, that fourth major's kind of not disappeared. It's just on hiatus. I'm sure it will be back someday. But uh, that fourth major was always. Very exciting and something to look forward to, especially since you guys decided to move this event from the original 2012 event. It used to be in May, January. Well done. People like that, especially right after the new year, especially in Southern California where it's a little warmer than, oh, I don't know, places up here in the north. Good choice to do that. So the IFPA Open Championship is going to attract a lot of people. Jim, have you heard any of the visitors that are going to be coming? I assume there are a few Europeans that we might not have seen before. I know a lot of us from Canada are certainly going to make the trek. Oh, uh, absolutely. Just say once again, we were pr- really honored for the IPA to call us and talk to us about this and offer it to it. That was, we had big smiles on our faces beginning of last year for sure. We're seeing a lot of, uh, signs that we're getting a lot of people from, you know, European guys and definitely certainly Canada and, and all over the United States for sure. It's looking like it's going to be, you know, it's hard to tell for sure where you're going to be, but it's looking like it's going to be obviously bigger than ever. And we're just going to have an amazing, amazing number of people. And it's just the, the quality of play is just, like, just, you know, the type of players, you know, the type of players that are coming is just going to be, it's going to be phenomenal. How many games in the main bank? So we've expanded again this year because, because wow. I'm crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> So we're we're trying. It's going to be at least sixteen. We're trying for eighteen. Actually, we can definitely handle the number of people who should be coming. Should, the line shouldn't. You know, I can't imagine the queues would be very long with with that many machines. Uh, even with housing the seniors and the kids on this on that same bank. I'm in my lab right now trying to uh, work on these games that are coming. It takes a lot of time. We start way back in. Whew, I think I started in April. You know, trying to figure out which games we're using, getting them ready. Which ones are going to be different. Advanced software that, you know, thinks the Sorn has done a lot of things with that where he's made some really good stuff to make some games certainly more playable and, you know, tournament worthy. I saw Sorn in Denmark and he told me that uh, you had contacted him about a few games. So when you talk about your lab there in Southern California, <laughs> he was doing his magic there in Copenhagen and uh, the combined efforts. Yeah, I mean, for those that don't know, you see a lot of times in tournaments, you'll say, well, why isn't Theater of Magic in? Well, there's some maybe exploits or some certain things that make it maybe not a great tournament game. That doesn't stop Jim Belcito because I saw it a couple of years ago and you made an alteration to that game. Do you want to explain how a game like Theater of Magic, with what settings you create, make it possible to play in a tournament like Indisc? Sure. So, yeah, obviously, the, you know, Theater of Magic is a great game. It's a game I've always loved. But tournament-wise, it's, 
It suffers from left orbit all day long. You know, keep spelling theater. It's the safest way to, you know, get decent points and not worry about, you know, put the ball in danger. So between Sorn and myself, uh, with his software, he changed some things with it. You know, multiplier doesn't advance as, as fast. And he's got some more software now that he's done. But back when we used it, it was his first try. So between his software and then my little tinkering as far as changing the right uh, return orbit where the ball wouldn't come straight to a flipper where you could just, you know, either live catch it or whatever and just keep shooting over and over again. I actually deactivated the gate on the top, the theater gate, so the ball would always stop in the buffers. And then I kind of just adjusted the right ball guide on the right so the ball, when it came down, unless you were able to give it a perfect nudge to bump it off, it would hit the top of the sling and go into major chaos. So it kind of kept you away from just wanting to shoot that over and over again. But then I also did, when I'm looking at games, like I look at settings, I'm trying to get game, I'm trying to open up the play field as far as there's a lot of settings that people don't either see or they don't think about. And so I try to get you to go different places, like, hey, I'll make this a little more lucrative. So like another thing I made is I made the, the trunk where it was only one hit to start a mode. And so, because so, no one, no one shoots in normal play, you're going to shoot the, the, you know, a death trunk three times and hope that you're going to light a mode. This was just once and you could actually, you actually had a chance to even go to Grand Illusion. And I, and I saw a couple people actually got pretty close. So, Opening up the playfield, trying you know, so between that software and doing a couple things with the playfield, it turned it into a very playable game. I think for the whole weekend, the top score was like 1.6 billion, which you know, three days of of hammering a theater magic with top most of the top hundred people there. I thought that worked out pretty well. Do you shake your head, Carl, when you see some of these games go, okay, this is a totally different game than what I'm used to with Jim getting his hands on it? I, I, I'm just amazed the lengths he'll go through. I mean, that Theater Magic, he made a permanent modification, basically, to that right rail, the right return rail, adding a new screw hole to to put it where it needed to be. <laughs> you know, and stuff like that. I, I look back to, I mean, not talking about Soren's uh, modifications, but Jim's. He used, um, oh, jeez, uh, teed off in Indus one year. <laughs> And, and what he did, what, you know, got leave game where the, it basically you hold the flipper up after shooting a ramp and it comes to a complete trap. He took the ramps and he bent the end of the ramp up so the ball would just fly off. If you didn't hold up a flipper, you, you were losing the ball because it was going straight down the middle. But again, another permanent modification to a game to make it more suitable for tournament play. Very creative, but I guess with all the years of experience of seeing some of these you know, scoring opportunities and repeatable shots. You certainly know how to find your way around that. So that's what I look forward to. And I'm sure there'll be a couple this year at Indisc as well. Absolutely. Another thing we're going to see at Indisc, and maybe Carl, you can talk about this, new Indisc challenges. And I've seen some coins and some excellent things that you're bringing into this. Do you want to explain these challenges that are new to Indisc this year? So these uh, these challenge coins are sponsored by the Capricorder Pinball League, and they're they're think of like achievements on on video games that you you do a certain goal and you you get an achievement. These are our version where you're going to get a coin. For example, we have one called First Time Big Time, which is going to be awarded to the best open performance by a first time player in any industry tournament and who's ranked outside of the top 100. Another one, Teleport to Finals, awarded to the player who qualifies in the Open, having played the fewest cards. So these are just little incentives to, or little certain goals, just to get people interested and excited. And and the coins are these awesome, with two and a half inch metal coins that, that look fantastic with the Indus logo and has the year. So we're hoping these are valued by players that once you see these things, you're going to want to earn one of these. A couple of these awards have jumped out at me. The Deep Pockets Award, I think I've won a few of these in the past where you basically the awards for the most cards used across all divisions, including voids. 
I know it's usually between me and Bob Matthews, Greg Pavarelli, just to, you know, uh, what, what's the term everyone always says to a scorekeeper? Boyd and Riku. Yeah, exactly. Can you explain the Josh Sharp World Championship Award? <laughs> uh, whose idea was this, Jim? Was this uh, Damien's or was this? It was Damien's, right? I uh, it was yours. No, I don't believe no, it was no. mine. Oh, passing the buck. Awarded <laughs> no, the player with the best finish, but who doesn't win in the Open, who's previously finished exactly second and never won in an IFP-endorsed major championship. Oh, I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> You've got a bunch. So, yeah, you can check this all out, by the way, at indisc.com. You'll find all the tournament information, the schedule, location. You can contact. You can get your tickets. And, by the way, I should point out, you want to get your tickets before the new year. Jim, what happens on December 31st or at least after that? Uh, then there's no more uh, pre-registration. Like Carl can amplify this, too, is, is where you can you pay for the for the weekend and you actually get you get more. You get, you get actual uh, entries into uh, any division you want. But at the door, those won't really be available. There's, there's nothing available, right, right, Carl? No matter what, even if you buy the 3A, I believe. Right, right. So after the 31st, there's no more free entries. And I believe the price will also go up slightly from the yeah. museum. What, do you got to buy them from scalpers? What's what's going on here? What are you talking about? <laughs> buy them at the door still. I get you. I, you know what? This actually helps you. You know, the reason tournaments like Indisc do this is it actually helps the organizers kind of get a sense of the numbers that are going to be coming too. And they reward you with these discounted prices or in this case, free plays or, or whatever other goodies you can get. So you can help Indisc. If you know you're going, you probably do by December 31st, definitely get them. Go on the website, indisc.com and get your tickets now. You'll be doing yourself a favor and helping the organizers. And the, uh, the one package deal for uh, when you're buying entries, you know, it's a hundred dollars for two main, two classics and a high stakes. That doesn't go away. Uh, you can do that uh, throughout the whole event, I believe. Right. Okay. I personally want to thank you too, because I was asked and thrilled to do this, to be the this is what it says here, the official podcaster of Indisc. That means a lot to me. Thank you very much. But you've got really good people here. You've got Gene Wong, who is an expert when it comes to photography with what he does with Orange. And Emoto Harney, you want to talk about one of the best videographers there is and most positive people you'll find in pinball. You've got some good people there. Two out of three anyway. All three. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but that's neat that you did that. So we, we, we really wanted to... Up our presence, up our media presence. We found going in years past that we don't have the the photos or the or the video assets that we'd like to to use to promote the event and to use on the live stream and so on. So we really wanted to bring in highly qualified people for these roles, such as yourself. So we're hoping to to work with you and have you MC a lot on the uh, on the event uh, on the streams. We have Gene too, so that we have some professional photos from the event, and he's also going to have those available for players as well. He's a, if um, you know post event, and then Emoto, we wanted some extra presence for the live stream and for interviews with players. So we asked her to come on board and I'm really hoping to use her to add some additional camera angles, add interviews along with you during finals, add more dynamics to the broadcast, uh, make it more lively. So it's not just overhead camera view of the play field all the time so that we have more um, more action. I want I want to focus on the players more for the broadcast and bring more personality into it. And I'm hoping with this team that that will help. 
I think you've got some good people there that are going to help you. I think Emoto is the best. I love what she's done. And you saw a lot of the recordings she did at Texas Pinball Festival with Marco Specialties. You see her at other events. We both saw her recently at Expo, and I saw her at Houston too. So uh, that's going to be great. And, of course, I mean, those lasting pictures that Jean does, uh, they're spectacular. It's funny. When Jean does a tournament, it's neat to see on Facebook how many people change their profile pictures to something that Jean took because it's just amazing. In fact, even the picture I used on your website, one of my favorite pictures ever, and that's from from Gene taking it years ago in Buffalo. He is amazing. He's been uh, taking pictures at Indus for several years now. Just amazing what he does. He is good. And another thing too, here's a little treat, I guess, uh, for coming on Pinball Profile, for listening to Pinball Profile. If you go on Tilt Forums, you can find out the games that are going to be in the banks. Because there's great trivia questions. I know Bob Matthews puts a lot into it. Of course, you do too, Jim and Carl. Well, we've got something special here on Pinball Profile. We're going to do an exclusive trivia question. You can't find it anywhere else other than listening to this podcast. I guess we're going to give away an open entry. Is that correct, Carl? That is correct. Okay, so you've got a trivia question. I won't guess at it because I suck at these trivia things. But uh, if you want to throw that out there... People can guess. And first of all, Carl, where can they send their entries to guess? Send your entries to iepinball at gmail.com with the subject line pinball profile trivia. I'll post that on Facebook too. So people have the link and you just click it. Once you're listening to this, get your trigger finger ready there. This is like, this is almost like an F5 thing. You know, when Pinberg goes up or when Indus Classic Smash Play comes up, you want to get in there right away. All right, Jim, hit us with this trivia question. We're doing mine or yours, Carl. Let's do yours. Okay, here we go. Trivia for Pinball Profile is, aren't you guys a bit old to be partying? Aren't you guys a little too old to be partying? That's the trivia clue? That is the clue. One more time. Aren't you guys a bit too old to be partying? I have no idea. Sorry for the pause. I'm just trying to think what the heck this could be. Okay, is it a, is it a game I would know? No more clues, Jeff. Oh, come on. No more clues. That's You've it. You've seen it before. Oh. Okay. This, all right. Thanks, Jimmy. I'll give you one more clue. I've played it in Pinburg. Now someone's going to look at your record, Jim, at Pinburg. No. Yeah. Someone, no. Oh, come on. Someone's going to look at all 20 games you played. I would totally games. do that. I didn't say this, Pinburg. <laughs> but it probably was if you were called. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I did, actually. I don't know. I can't remember. Maybe I did. can't remember. That was a long time ago. I'm getting old. And it's only the first correct answer that gets the, the entry. So, Carl, once you get the entry, can you post on our Facebook page? Somebody got it. Congratulations, so-and-so. The game is Jim's third Pinberg game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll post when, once the uh, correct answer comes through. Okay. Well, this will be interesting. Well, the fact that I have no idea what the trivia clue means nothing because I'm going to be excited playing this game, all the games, all the tournaments, Everything that is in disc and the IFPA Open Championship for the first time ever here in Banning, California. January 9th, it all begins. Go to indisc.com. Gentlemen, thank you very much for uh, my small inclusion in this. It's been wonderful to see this event grow and grow and grow. And I know it's going to be fantastic. Thank you, Jeff, for all you, for all you do and what you're going to do for us this time. I think it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, we're thrilled to have you on board, Jeff. We really appreciate uh, what you do, your show here, and uh, what you're going to do on site for us. Uh, greatly appreciate it. And we can't wait to, to have this tournament. It's going to be insane. And Carl, of course, we're going to be streaming on IE Pinball, right? Correct. 
Hopefully right. all the finals, that's the plan. Except for the target match play, because that's going to be run inside the pinball hall, which we don't have access for the uh, for the live stream equipment. But everything else. You know, when I wasn't at the event last year, I was in Cuba, which I was just cursing that I had to be there versus Indisc, one of the greatest tournaments, one I look forward to. But I got to watch a lot of it on IE Pinball. So I know for those that unfortunately can't be there, first of all, get there. But if you can't, watch IE Pinball. Boy, there's so much content there. And uh, thank you very much for that, Carl. Of course, of course. We're thinking about it's going to be around 20 hours of streaming or so if, uh, if all the plans uh, work out. You know, with all this extra coverage and what you've got Gene and Emoto doing too, are there any sponsors out there that want to help out uh, Indisc? You know, certainly contact these fine gentlemen, and especially if you own batteries, because with all that streaming, <laughs> a lot of batteries. A lot of batteries. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it reminds me, I have to go buy some more for the new equipment I've picked up this year for this. Uh, you guys are the best. I'm looking forward to it. In this coming up January 9th, Banning, California at the Museum of Pinball. Hope you can be there. Jim, Carl, thank you very much for coming on Pinball Profile today. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. This has been your Pinball Profile. You can find our group on Facebook. We're also on Twitter at Pinball Profile. Email us pinballprofile at gmail.com. Please subscribe on your favorite podcatcher and check us out on Instagram at Pinball Profile. And get in that trivia question. Jim, one more time. What is it? The trivia clue? Aren't you guys a bit old to be partying? Aren't you guys a little too old to be partying? I think you guys are talking Carl. about yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Carl, where do they email? IEPinball at gmail.com. Go, go, go. And see you at Indus. I'm Jeff Teolis. Bye.